0: Hey, let's go answer the bell, huh? If we just know what we're doing, work at it, and concentrate and do it. Let's go, fellas! Here we go. Welcome into another episode of the Patriots Podcast. I'm Sean here with JJ and Ryan. Hello. What's up? All right, guys. So um, is it officially time to like burn this season in effigy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's got to be something like that. I mean, I was watching this game th- just praying for it to be over. It was like there was at least 10 minutes to go in the third quarter. I was like, oh, God, just be over. And it's on national television. Everyone's watching. Painful.
1: It yeah. Atrocious. Uh So many things bad about this game. We, we keep going back to, well, this is like a sum up of the season. Well, this was a true, this was a true, you know, dirt showering on the grave of the Patriots, Steve officially, uh, you know, we just got smacked in the mouth. We came out, it looked like, looked like we had, we had some answers. We had some, you know, stuff for them. Uh, Demir bird drops a pass on a nice trick play after they're driving down the field. The easiest, such an easy pass. He drops it and you're like, Oh God, here we go. Kick a field goal. Uh, later, then we score a touchdown. We're you know we're we're jabbing with them. We're going nose for nose with them. We miss an extra point, no big deal. And then um, I don't know if it was the next drive where everything started coming undone, and they they converted on the punt return that that punt for a fourth down, or was that the next? I think that was the next series. But basically, they scored. They scored again. The Patriots kept shooting themselves in the foot, and before you knew it, it's a fucking blowout early in the game. Statham comes in. We want to see what he can do. Um, he sucks. I mean, I don't. You can't really judge him too too hard, but like, it was a lot of the same. He has a little better throwing motion. He doesn't really read anything very well. He can make some passes, but like, he's a liability back there. Uh, you know, just just you a lot of a lot of holes on this team, and it's going to be probably our most exciting offseason in a long time because a lot of things are going to change. Uh,
2: I think it's. I mean, it was, you're right. It was about eight minutes left in the third quarter and I'm just searching for positives. And the only thing I can come up with is, is Jake Bailey, our punter. I'm like, I can't wait for us to punt the ball. Um, especially when Cam was in there, at least, you know, Stidham was throwing it a little bit with more frequency. I think he had 11 attempts and Cam had 10. Um, and I think he, uh, Cam ended up having like almost double the snaps of Stidham still, um, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, really, nothing went right after uh, we scored, and then they came back and scored again, and that was it. And they just kept scoring, and we just kept punting, and that was basically the game. <laughs> and I'm just kind of searching for uh, positives to take, and and there's not a lot. And then uh, I'm just looking at our holes, and there's so many. I think this is, I think we're in for a long rebuild.
0: It's bad. It's real bad. Yeah. The I, I was watching this game. And I was, we got to that point in the fourth quarter. We'd pulled some people, brought in some different guys, and I was just like, "Are are we the worst team in the NFL? Like, are we, we just watched the Jets pull off a two game winning streak? And we'll talk more about them and the the week seventeen matchup later. But the the Bengals just won. I mean, the Jaguars were hanging in there, and then it's like the call came in from up above, like throw a pick, throw a pick, and like that, and then they they lost big time to the Bears. But I'm I'm like, can we do anything? We can't do a single thing, out there. No.
2: And the we can barely run the ball, and we give up on that. Um, and as soon as we give up on that, we can't throw the ball. So it's it the offense is just totally pointless. It's got it's easily the worst offense in the NFL to watch. Easily. Easy, yeah. Um, I'd agree. The with defense, that. the defense. I mean, it was the run against this team. It was the pass. We couldn't stop the pass. And they were, you know, doing whatever they wanted on us. It was it was a joke. Um, so definitely a changing of the guard, I think. Um, are we the worst team in the NFL? I think right now we are. Um, you look at the Jets, they're winning. Um, I mean, Jacksonville's probably as bad. I don't know. I don't know. It's tough to say. But right now we're the worst team to watch. I can tell you that.
0: It's like us, Jacksonville, and Detroit. Detroit just got massacred
1: by but Brady and the Bucks. Uh, But they also didn't have a coaching staff. So, you know, yeah, we're really we're really not missing like for COVID and all the things, you know, and injuries at this point in the season. We're really not missing a whole lot compared to other teams. Now, I know we started the season down with, you know, we had more exempt players and, you know, a couple injuries early and, you know, Edelman hasn't come back and stuff like that. But overall, like the Browns were down their whole receiving room. They brought in guys off the street. and were training them Saturday morning in a parking garage, allegedly, or Sunday morning in a parking garage. Is that so? Real? It's like, yeah, yeah. Supposedly running routes with them because they were, they they were all new. So, yeah. um, you know, we really weren't missing much, uh, in terms of like who out. Like, you know, Gilmore was out this game. There's a couple injuries and stuff, but overall, like through the season, like we haven't had last six games. We haven't had all the too many of our starters out or, like, any overlying player that you're like, oh, my God, well, if he was on the field, we'd be killing him. It's like, nah, not really. The one thing, I, you know, I will say uh, about this game as a positive, I thought Sony actually ran really hard on a few runs and, and had a little yeah. spark there, which, which was nice. Uh, it seems like he really needs to be motivated by other running backs doing well to, for him to do well. Uh, and even too, little
2: too little of it, though, you know, Yeah, too,
1: he only got 10 carries, 10 carries for 70 yards. I mean, once again, we got behind and they they completely freak out and don't know what to do. And it's like, well, you only have one thing that's been working for you. you've you been getting around the edge. Like, why are we going away from that when it's we're down by a score? They panic. Mm-hmm. Everything's so we talked about it before. Everything's so hard for this team to do that. It's like when things start going wrong, they like the coaching staff freaks out they don't know like you saw bill like whip the phone when he <laughs> challenged the yeah like yeah. and it was a bet like everything's hard for them they can't even figure out what to challenge what not to challenge like what plays to call what plays not to call what defense to be in what fucking punt coverage to be in for christ's sake it's like yeah. everything Jesus. is difficult for them
2: so, yeah. yeah it's a sad state of affairs i'm just looking at you know some of the the positives to take, and it's like few and far between. We got a major hole at receiver. We have literally no one at tight end. Aciaci's uh, been playing. They look, a lot. they look terrible. They look kind of a lot. Forty-seven plays, Asiasi got. He hasn't yeah. caught a ball this season. Not 20. one pass all season. Yeah. Um,
0: it's just like when they spread him out. Uh, I, I think it was like a third and four, third and five. They spread him out to the to the right side of the formation, bottom of the screen and he was the only guy over there they had three receivers on the opposite side and he's matched up against Tredavious White and I'm looking at this like why do you and I think they paused like they didn't snap the ball right away they were like oh get a wider spread get a wider spread and I'm like why do you care what spread he has it's assy assy against Tredavious White you're not going to throw the ball to him and then they do yeah and it almost gets picked off by Jordan Poyer I'm like what are you doing why you this guy has zero career catches going against one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL and you're going to throw him the ball in third and five like what what's going through your mind at that spot
2: yeah oh my God <laughs> I'm looking at his snaps right now 10 10 29 8 24 23 27 47 those are different games he still doesn't have a catch I, I don't know um what we're doing I don't know what kind of positives you could take from this I don't know where to start with this team as to how many holes to fill. It's just, you know, quarterback, receiver, tight end, interior (laughs) defensive lineman looks awful. I don't know what Adam Butler's thinking. Um, He had two offsides that absolutely killed us in the first half. Yeah. And and really after that, it was game over.
1: Negated a pick in the end zone that probably,
0: yeah, maybe could have changed the whole direction of the game. He wouldn't have thrown that ball if he didn't know he was offsides, I don't think. Fair enough. Yeah, Adam Butler had the yips. I, I appreciate you, Ryan, trying to search for positives, breaking out the magnifying glass, Sherlock style. But uh, you guys mentioned Sony, and I thought Sony looked good, too, for stretches. Sony, I, I, I was comparing him last night to like a three-year-old iPhone battery, where it's like you could charge it to 100%, but in, in like two seconds, it's down to 24%, and all of a sudden you're on low battery mode. It's like,
1: yeah.
0: and it's in mid-run. Two, anytime he has to change direction at all he loses a hundred percent of his speed and it's just like you he can't go from one level to the second second level to the third there's just nothing there the guy's in his mid-20s and he's got no juice in his legs and he was a first round back within the last four years nuts uh when uh. cam cam's in there he's spiking balls into the ground Stidham comes in does the exact same thing I'm like i look at that and i'm like Is it coaching like are they screwing up their footwork how how are both of these guys
1: inaccurate in the exact same way especially when Stidham hasn't done that before I feel like we hadn't really seen you know Stidham has obviously had his bad throws when he's come in but like that literally just like throwing at guy's feet it's like what's going on here what why how is that even possible like that's not the bad throw you normally see in the NFL the bad throw you see in the NFL is over somebody's head, or nobody's there, or behind it's them. just be- behind them. You know, like that. You rarely see the ball getting thrown at people's feet. Now Brady would do it occasionally, intentionally. You know, when he was basically a throwaway, he didn't want a defender to get it. Whatever, that's what he saw. Fine, but mm-hmm. like the amount of times we've seen the ball in the dirt from a quarterback unintentionally this year is incredible. It's incredible.
2: Yeah. I, I thought that was down to nerves. I mean, I think he had 28 yards on his first drive, and Cam Newton had 34 yards in the first two and a half quarters. Yeah. So I was just like, fine, let the let the kid just, you know, let's just see what we got. I was happy with that move, but, it, you know, he didn't look very good after that. And, and I really don't think either one of them are the answer. Um, no, that, that but seems... I do appreciate them trying something different. I think that's, I mean, you got to do something different.
0: Yeah, seems pretty clear. I I love that the Monday Night crew was saying, oh, you got to put Stidham out there, see what you have. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. they see it every day. They don't like it. They they don't like it. And guess what? The little that we all have seen, not so good. Real bad. And it was just more of that. And a lot of that has to do with the surrounding cast. Yes. You really can't give somebody a, a true look. Um, when you're throwing to all undrafted players, like basically everybody or completely unaccomplished guys like Devin Asiasi and and Dalton Keene, Ryan is those guys. Uh, to talk defensively for a minute, definitely the stronger side of the ball for this team this season in the first quarter. So, so very, so, so I thought Therese Hall brought a physicality and he got highlighted multiple times by the announcers. Mm -hmm. Um, He got benched in the second half, and I'm not sure why. I really don't know why. Maybe it's because they moved away from the run, but Mm -hmm. he got benched. Chase Winovich didn't play at all in the first quarter, and then he came in, and he was making a couple mental mistakes, although I thought you needed his pressure off the edge. And then Uche, oh, my goodness, Uche is an athlete. He just jumps off the screen. You're like, that guy is so explosive.
1: Yes, he's fast.
0: He winds up doing something to his lower leg. I thought it was cramps. I don't know, but he was out for the rest of the game, and he was missed. It took a while to get Duggar some snaps. I thought Duggar would have been an integral part of this, this defense for the full game, but mm-hmm. it really didn't come until the second half. It was really confusing, their personnel choices. And I know they, they obviously miss Stephon Gilmore, Larry Guy. You, yeah. miss, you miss those dudes out there. But the complete lack of any push on the pocket. Josh Allen was just sitting back there at will. And not it's yet. it's not like the Bills have a dominant offensive line. It was just they were trying to do this like real steady pocket push, which is pretty typical what they do against mobile quarterbacks. But they were letting him escape the pockets of the right constantly. And it was just like yeah. it was just eating us up. I mean, they were getting like I don't know what they wound up averaging at the end of the game, but it just felt like it was it was a first down every single play. They Ooh. averaged
2: 6.7 yards per play. It's just it's too easy. Yeah, could have been a lot worse too. Um, could there have was been. a couple open open touchdowns that they dropped. Um, Stephon Diggs. I mean, if you gave him any kind of time, uh, I don't care who's guarding him. And and I know, J.C. Jackson had a pretty bad game, but if you give Stephon Diggs four or five seconds to get open, I mean, eleven targets, nine catches, hundred forty-five yards, three touchdowns. That's what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, he pretty much took over. That's why it was literally such a blowout. Is just because. He was making great catches. He was showing you what you're lacking at a number one receiver. Um, yeah, defensively, they just they like you said. I mean, a lot of things. The personnel packages didn't make sense. The the push up front. Well, they weren't getting you know their controlled rushes. We've talked about so many times in the past. Uh, there was no push up front. They couldn't push anyone up front. Uh, Adam Butler had a couple decent. Uh, plays is where he was pushing pushing the line a little bit or beating his guy but then obviously negated that with um those penalties you've got guys that we've seen all the time now who i don't really know who they are this dude bauer gets some good a lot of time and really doesn't mm-hmm. much do much this dude spence on the d line who's like really undersized uh out there he's getting a lot of time um that dude Thurman's getting a decent amount of time and he's undersized. Corey Davis, who had one good game earlier in the season. I mean, these are all guys. I don't even know who the hell they are. I mean, I look at the defensive line too. It's not, it's not like I'm somebody that doesn't know defensive linemen. Generally, I know them more than the average guy, at least. And I don't know who any of these people are or where they're coming from. It's yep, like they're yep. practice squad players and they're undersized. I mean, these are, we're talking about sub 290, 280 guys that are interior defensive linemen for us, or they're fucking six feet on defensive end. It's like, what, like, what are we doing? Like Mm -hmm. you can't find anyone better at these spots.
0: Yeah. And I wanted to spoil somebody's ideas of what's going to happen in April. Patriots are going to have an early first mid early first round pick. It's going to be a defensive lineman. Just going oh, to spoil your, your thoughts about quarterbacks and number one receivers. It's going to be an off, uh, defensive lineman. If
2: you can't get, and that's okay with me, if you can't get one of those top four quarterbacks, you know, there's no point. Go get yourself that kid from Florida or a defensive lineman. I'm happy with that. But there's five, at least five legitimate holes on this team. I would say interior linebacker, if you, especially if you don't get high tower back. Yeah. Interior defensive lineman, you got to get some size there. Um, tight end. You need a number one. You don't need middling players. You need someone that can get open. You need a legitimate number one. You need a legitimate number one wide receiver, and you need a fucking quarterback, (laughs) like, yeah, someone who could throw the ball. And those are not easy holes to fill. Those are all like some of the most valuable positions, other than like left tackle and corner. Yeah, you you know those don't come cheap. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I mean, I'd I'd love to see them get. I mean, you know, obviously it depends on draft order and where quarterbacks fall and all that stuff. But I would love to see them get a defensive lineman, whether he's, you know, an edge rusher or some guy in the middle that's dominant because at least from a defensive standpoint that I see, like I hear you right about the, especially, you know, all those holes you're talking about, 90% of them are offense. And so when you look at your defense, at least you have pieces around that defense where it's like, okay, you're a couple players away from being a solid or even a really good defense. Again, and if you can get one of those game changers up front, that makes everything easier on the back end. You can, you know, Bill has, you know, outside of this year, has had a really good knack of finding linebackers throughout the draft, or throughout cast offs from other teams that seem to work with us. I'd love to see them get that D lineman. Just a game changer there. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the offense, like, yeah, it's, yeah. I don't know what they're going to sure. do there. I mean, Adelman's I probably gone. I mean, obviously, we'll go over all this shit in our, off-season shows, but there's just so much in the offense that they need to do. They, you know, they have offensive linemen that are up for contract. Uh, like I said, Edelman's probably gone. Tight end. I mean, you don't have anyone coming in. You don't have anyone else coming in a receiver who's going to be any better besides Edelman, even though he's probably
2: gone. So Marcus Cannon, he's probably done though. You know? probably Marcus retiring. Cannon is a prime candidate to even if he comes back to cut. So you yeah. get a you get nine million dollars in savings and it's only a two million dollar cap hit. So I mean, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a no-brainer. I'd be surprised if he
1: comes back, to be honest.
0: I would yeah. be surprised as well. I wouldn't be shocked if Marcus Cannon was sitting around at 250 pounds right now. I wouldn't be surprised if he already did yeah. that Joe Thomas, I'm going to shred 100 pounds. Right. Although right. I know that in his contract, there was like, you have to be below a certain weight. So I know he was fighting it for a bit. I think I wonder how much of that had to do with some of the medication he had to take with his, his uh, medical background the Mm -hmm. the last thing i wanted to say about this game well at least about the patriots in this game i i remember watching the celtics multiple times where it was like they tore down the team and they were building it back up and it was just you're watching the celtics you know they stink but you're like oh let me see these bench guys let me see the young guys like get them out there Mm -hmm. let me see how good they are oh that guy can shoot threes no kidding look at him playing defense and I'm not there mentally yet with the Patriots <laughs> where it's like, yeah. that's the mental situation you need to be in to watch his team right now where you go, Oh, look at Josh Uche. Yeah. He got beaten coverage, but look how explosive he is. Yeah. Right. Where you need to look be in that him. mindset. Yeah. I can't turn that switch yet. <laughs> and it's, I'm just like, difficult. win. I'm just like, win now do better. Don't jump off sides. Well, how are How is this
2: happening? Imagine doing, that with the celtics right after the 86 86 team you know one of the best teams of all time and then you're immediately into oh we're gonna play uh marcus banks and ron mercer and all these guys it's just like (laughs) oh i don't know these guys gonna be any good you know and i'm like oh kyle Duggar's such a good open field tackler but he's like fucking terrible in coverage so yeah, yeah i hear you man i'm on the same wavelength Um, I wanna see kids when I start seeing guys in their thirties getting all the snaps, I'm I'm getting pissed off. Mm. Um Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Just just from a defensive
1: standpoint too, of where, you know, I'm talking about defensive linemen in this game, your top five tacklers are secondary players. Two safeties and three cornerbacks, or you know, however the hell you wanna break it down. I don't know what the hell Adrian Phillips is anymore, but he's really a safety. So three safeties and two cornerbacks your top tacklers so you have serious issues up front and you have pieces there though like you said Uche you got Winovich that dude Hall can somehow sometimes play against the run Dietrich Wise I thought he was playing out of position and played okay played decently so yeah they I I feel like that's a a quicker fix on defense and then if you spend everything else on offense that's fine (laughs) it's gonna be a long offseason
0: it's gonna be a lot Mm -hmm. of a lot of ins and outs a lot of Mm what-have-yous The the other thing, the last thing about this game, Josh Allen, top five quarterback, right? No, no.
2: Yeah, no, right, you know. right now, right now, hundred percent.
0: I thought I was going to get a lot of pushback, so I, I listed all the guys out, and I was like, okay, so we 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 can all agree, Mahomes, Rodgers, Russell Wilson, like those guys are top three.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, Russell has not been as good as normal. Okay, um, I would I would say Josh Allen's having a better season than him.
0: He probably is. He probably is. Yeah. But we we've seen Russ for eight years now. Uh, mm-hmm. We we know he's a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. Then once you get after that, it's like Lamar Jackson, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, love him, uh, Roethlisberger, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Matt Ryan. I mean, Matt Stafford. Got some good quarterbacks. You you get into that very middle tier. Yeah. And it's like Josh Allen's better than all those guys right now. How about Deshaun? Yeah. Sean's a dangerous man. He is a dangerous man. Yeah. So, so you you could probably make an argument one but on one easy, for any easily of those guys. top
1: ten, arguably top five. He's I probably top five. Probably is. I mean, he had four fucking touchdowns this game for three hundred twenty yards
0: against like a JV squad
1: early in the game. A, but still, Belichick has always known how to coach. You know, in three games against Josh Allen, Josh Allen's done nothing. So, you know, Bill knew something to do against him, and whatever he knew
2: is gone. There uh, were a couple I mean, times during got, this game where you you can watch Josh Allen's eyes and see him look at four different receivers. Right. You know? That's yeah. that's pretty elite. You know, most guys can't really and he did it quickly too. It was like one, two, three, four. Yeah. And he throws the, the fourth check down. It's like, you know, that's pretty good, man. Like pretty he's, good, dude. he's definitely getting there. He's got
1: thirty four touchdowns and nine interceptions this year. This is a guy who last year we would was a laughingstock because, you know, he had the tool. He had all the tools. He had the rocket arm. He's got, you know, he's a big frame. He can run. He's athletic. Seems like he's somewhat decently intelligent, but he would just sail the ball 25 yards over guys' heads. And you're like, well, he's never going to figure it out. We've seen this story before. Guys who don't have that finesse, who don't know how to really, you know, accurate throw, don't really figure it out, a lot of them. It only took him a year, and he's figured it out. So he must be putting in some work because that's that's pretty damn good. Big time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, big ups to that coaching staff. And, and I think Jordan Palmer's been involved in it, working on his mechanics. And, yeah, he looks fantastic. And everybody knew he had the physical talent, and he's just putting all of it together this yeah. season. And it it doesn't bode well for the rest of the AFC East. Uh, let's let's talk about some of the other games this weekend. So we uh, – this is one of the night <laughs> – This is a fun weekend. We had four straight days with NFL football on. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if we really need to talk about Minnesota getting drubbed by New Orleans. Zero defense in that game.
1: Kamara had six Mm -hmm. touchdowns. I mean, yeah,
0: crazy. They bring him back in just to score the the last one. Uh, The next day, Brady lights up Detroit. I mean, Detroit is in contention for worst team in the NFL right now. Mm -hmm. They're near the top of that. The Cardinals continue to stumble at at the end of the season, and there doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs. Although they do have a a shot with the the matchup this weekend against the Rams,
2: and then it's a, it a big win for San Francisco. I, I hope San Francisco keeps winning so we can leapfrog them in the draft. <laughs> there you go. And then you got
0: Miami at Vegas in a fun game. Tua goes out there and is very very mediocre. Ends up getting replaced by Fitzpatrick and then again, again. And uh times. Yeah. And then the Raiders are down 1 point. They're inside the 5-yard line with less than 2 minutes to go. Gruden decides to not score the touchdown. He tells Josh Jacobs to take a knee at the 1-yard line. They run the clock down to 30 seconds and kick the field goal to go up 2 points. And guess what happens?
1: Oh, it's magic time. Unbelievable.
0: I mean, what do you guys think about that call? I
1: mean, I thought it was stupid, but also what happened on the next play for Miami to fucking score and win the game was also ridiculous. I mean, on that play alone, Fitzpatrick threw up an absolute gopher of a fucking ball. It was just high and sailing and anyone could have got there. To a wide open tight end when they are trying to make sure that you don't get, you know, into field goal range, and this guy's gets ten yards outside of field goal range at the sideline, so the fucking clock stops. It's like, what defense were you people running? Like, please tell me you couldn't have you didn't even have to rush the damn passer at that point. And then on top of that, they give Fitzmagic a face mask, so they didn't even have mm-hmm. time to get. They if if they didn't have the face mask, they would have stopped the clock. They would have one more play really. And that would have been it. They wouldn't have had time to get a play, enough yards, clock it, get, you know, bring out the field goal, all that shit. But no, they double whammy themselves. So everything perfectly sets up for Miami. I mean, that was just dumb all around. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was coaching, if that was players, if that, you know, because Gruden went with the smart, you know, the safe choice, I would say. Maybe the safer choice, but real bad, real bad.
2: I think they ended up calling it a rough in the passer. And it's just, like, it's very minimal to me. When I look at, um, like, just for example, Cam Newton running to the sideline last night and Poyer trying to take him out on the sideline. um, And Poyer gets rocked. Like, you hit any other quarterback like that in in the NFL, and that's that's a penalty. But because Cam is huge and the other guy got hurt, it's not a penalty. So, I don't know. Yeah. But Miami's doing some things right now, and they have a they have a legitimate shot at the playoffs. There's a chance they miss it, but um, I don't know. They look pretty good well, they, right, they, right now. They got Buffalo. Good. They got Buffalo this week. So if they, I mean, if they lose that game, and Buffalo doesn't rest anyone, then you know, they they have a chance of missing the playoffs. That would be a bummer for them. Yeah, in in
0: seasons past, where the two seed got a buy buffalo's not resting anybody because they have the chance to overtake the the steelers or to ensure that they stay ahead of the steelers to get that by but right now the difference between a two and a three seed is negligible it's like what you're gonna play the six or seven seed whereas the difference between the three and four seed is substantial because if you're the four seed and you win you're probably going to kansas city a team that is just coming off a bye, where you don't want to be in that situation. You want to be the three seed where if you win, the worst thing that happens is you're going on the road to play the two seed who has already played that same week. They're not getting that extra rest. So it's a little bit of different dynamic between, excuse me, the different playoff seeds this season, but Miami made a quantum leap in their probability to make the playoffs. They were less than 40% going into week 16 and now they're above 80% likelihood Mm -hmm. to make the playoffs uh, they they don't know who their quarterback is. They just they don't know who gives them the best chance to win. It seems like most of the time it's Fitzpatrick. And what's Easily. what's really interesting is because Miami's trade for Laramie Tunsell, where they sent Tunsil right. to Houston, they get the Texans pick back. Texans are four and eleven. They got a top five pick right now. Miami's sitting there with the top five pick, going uh, maybe Tua is Josh Rosen, and we're gonna yeah <laughs> potentially
2: we're, we're gonna take another yep.
1: quarterback. They've been talking about that. I mean, it'd be
2: ridiculous. I mean, that's that's not unheard of anymore for a team to move on from their first round pick. I don't think they'd move on from two of that quickly, but they already took a left tackle in the first round last year, I think, as well. Uh, Austin Jackson. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you do there? You get Jamar Chase, Chase uh, three, or you know, or you take another quarterback and move on from two already. That's 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 going to be fascinating. Yeah, you already got a playoff defense.
0: You just got to upgrade that offense and. If Devontae Parker is healthy, he's a good player. Mike Isicki, mm-hmm. you can make your debates about what, what he brings in the run game. But, uh, yeah, they could. They're If you put Josh Allen on the Dolphins, they're a Super Bowl contender, the way things are looking right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, elsewhere, this weekend, Chiefs again squeak by. Get out. With young Koo, a Pro Bowl kicker in the NFC, misses a potential game winner inside of 40 yards. Shanked it. But, I mean, what do you guys make of the Chiefs basically limping to the finish line? Are they bored? Are they not dominant? Like, what's happening?
1: I don't think they're very dominant. I've been saying it the last few weeks. I, I Outside of the Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey train, they really don't have much. Le'Veon Bell's there. I mean, he looks okay. He's really not doing much. Mahomes, we know what he he is. I don't know how uh, long Edwards Hilaire is out for. I mean, he was, he was really playing well, but... I don't know, man. I mean, every week I see them, they look more and more beatable, and they're getting super excited for these games that they're winning. Like, they just won the frickin' Super Bowl after he missed the kick. It's like, this game doesn't even really matter for you guys, and you're jumping for joy over this. It's great. You're taking a win well. But, I mean, I don't know about you, but they seem like the one-and-done Baltimore Ravens of last year or one of these teams that are just
2: out real quick. I'll tell you, they're they're lucky they won that game. um, Losing... Edwards Hilaire seems to have really affected them. Uh, Bell only got seven carries in that game, yeah. and they ran, I think, Daryl Williams. Uh, not that much, but um, they are going to need this next game. I think this is a perfect chance to just rest all your guys. I think they have the Chargers next week, um, and they have nothing to play for. They've already locked up the the number but one seed, we, I believe. But so. that's a
1: scare. You know, we've, we've seen it in the past. These teams that rest guys for three weeks, and they come out, and they're flat.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would mean, love any the team, team needs it right now. I out. think I think they've probably earned the time off. Um, yeah. they they seem a little banged up. I know Bell got banged up last week, uh, or the previous week. So I wouldn't be surprised to see it, and I mean that could be that could make a big difference for them.
0: They they are far and away the best team in the NFL, but they look vulnerable. It's not it, there, There's nothing infallible about them, and yeah, I I do get some whiffs of those Peyton Manning's mid-2000s teams where it's like you just ro- roll through the regular season and then you meet the Steelers in the playoffs with the second-year quarterback and you don't know what the heck to do. uh, You know, if, if they meet a team with the right game plan, which is pretty much the game plan that Matt Rule laid out with Carolina, who's not a very good football team, they're a fundamentally sound football team, but that game plan of, you know, we're going to be aggressive, we're going to push it on fourth down, we're going to control the ball, we're going to pressure the the pocket where the weak link in this Kansas City team is their offensive line particularly the interior offensive line and so that's if, if a team can win consistently on the inside um, they could give them some serious trouble
2: have um, have you guys heard anything are they going to bench I would imagine they bench Mahomes next week you know that's I would think so why why would you why would you risk him you know
0: for an MVP in a meaningless race. game
1: no, yeah, you who gives regret. a shit? You know, you should, Aaron yeah. Rodgers.
2: Aaron Rodgers has that locked up,
0: I think. That's what the narrative is. The narrative yeah. is it's it's always funny to the the way these things get spun. Like Coach of the Year isn't going to go to Andy Reid, and it's like this team's going to go fourteen, fifteen, and one, and Andy Reid's not going to get Coach of the Year. Who's the best coach this year right now? Who would you want to have? I'd want to have Andy Reid. Where it's going to go to like Kevin Stefanski or. One of these people who brings a bad team to be a a decent team. And it's the same thing. They might miss
2: the playoffs too. It's the same thing with the
0: MVP. It's not about who's the best player in in the NFL. It's about like, oh, look, this person's got the right narrative. They got the right story that goes along with it. So it's like Mahomes is the best player in the NFL. Everybody knows it. If you're doing a fantasy draft today to pick a team, who is your number one selection? Let's say it's for one season.
2: It's Patrick Mahomes.
0: Everybody's going
2: to say that. So why would he not be the MVP? Right. Well, I don't think he's had the best. I mean, like you look at Aaron Rodgers' numbers, uh, and they're silly. It's just what he did the other day in the snow. It's just like I don't know. Look pretty know. good. Give it to him. His numbers are incredible. I read something about uh, dropped interceptions. I guess Mahomes has a ton of dropped interceptions, like sixteen does. or something like that. I don't he... know how that's real. I looked it up and it and it it was there in in black and white, but I don't really know if I believe that. Um, I think they look. Sorry. just going to say he,
0: he throws like 88 mile per, mile per hour sliders out there.
2: Yeah. Mahomes I think they
0: look does.
1: beatable. I think they look beatable. Yeah. I think that's that's how I'll leave it. They look beatable. We've seen this formula in the past, like you just said, John. Teams in the past roll through the regular season, get the bye week. They come out and they're flat or they, they don't have the right attitude going into the playoffs. And they get smacked in the mouth. I mean, they're... There's some uh, scrappy teams, I should say, getting into the playoffs this year. And what I mean by scrappy is teams that aren't really, you didn't really expect to be there in the beginning of the year. That's, you know, Miami. They're a scrappy team. Like, I wouldn't put it up, you know, be surprised if Brian Flores comes up with a great defensive game plan to slow down that offense because he's done it before. He's done, He's come up with some really good um, game plans. You see, you know, Kev. Cleveland's getting in. They're a scrappy team. Uh, and even Baltimore. I mean, who knows? Baltimore can take it to them. Baltimore, you know, we'll see. I think, Buffalo, uh, Buffalo. Buffalo. Buffalo could play
2: real tough. I just want to mention this before um, we move on. All right. That Green Bay-Tennessee game. Mike Vrabel's the most overrated coach mm-hmm. in the NFL. <laughs> I, just, I just want to say that. I heard someone the other day say, who's the best coach in the NFL? And someone said Mike Vrabel on the Sports Hub. I couldn't believe it. Um, this is supposedly a defensive coach. They gave up 40 to Green Bay. They have one of the worst defenses in the league. It's amazing that they're 10-5 and five and they might win a division. Um, if it weren't for Derrick Henry and, and that offense, they'd be screwed. Um, a guy clearly steps out of bounds at the 43, and Vrabel doesn't challenge it. No, uh, they get the ball at, like, the six. It was like a 35-yard difference. Vrabel has no idea about it. Um, I just feel like, as a defensive guy, to have that defense and and have as long as he... What's his third year? Yeah. Third, third year, year with that team? Third year? Third yeah. year. Yeah. They they haven't gotten better. And they've invested free agents and high draft picks, and they're fucking terrible. So I don't know why he gets a pass.
0: Yeah. Well, he does all that like clock trickery where they'll, they'll take the delay a game and run another 40 seconds, and people really like those little anecdotes. But he is, I mean, who's the defensive coordinator for the Titans? They don't have one. It's him. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's got the reins on it. Do you think he's doing anything with the offense? No, Arthur Smith is doing all of that. Yeah, so And they're 29th, 29th in yards. They're horrendous. Again. And you look at some yeah. of the talent on that defense, they got first-rounders everywhere.
2: Yeah. They're
0: everywhere. And when you watch them, Malcolm Butler is probably the best defensive player.
2: Yeah, yeah literally. I, li- I like Simmons, the the defensive lineman there. Everyone else, and and Jayon Brown's okay. I, I don't know.
0: I like Landry. Rashawn Evans most of the time, but yeah. Some, yeah. sometimes he gets exposed uh, with uh, overcommitting to things. But yeah, that, that defense is atrocious, and for most of the season, I've thought of them and Seattle as extremely similar teams, except Seattle has the ability to have a drop-back pass game, and mm-hmm. Ryan, Ryan Tannehill is reliant on play action uh so yeah, yeah that was and and the complete lack of stopping Devonte adams i mean the whole offense yeah. revolves yeah. around Devonte adams and it's like you, you yeah. just put every resource
2: you have on that guy right i'm texting you you guys before the game i'm saying okay this guy's got 14 touchdowns you might want to you might want to stop him and then i'm going 15 16 <laughs> yeah. 17 like does anyone want to cover this guy you know he's clearly he's a He's having a record record season. I mean, when was the last time someone scored seven, 17 touchdowns as a receiver? I'm not sure.
0: I don't know. Randy he Moss did it as a rookie, balls. though.
2: Yeah, Randy Moss had uh, <coughs> 23 for the Patriots. I mean, it's just
0: yeah. insane. He had 17 as a rookie. That's insane. Randy Moss. Beast. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. In the 90s when you were allowed to hit receivers. A uh, right. couple other things quickly that, that happened last weekend. Goff was horrendous against the seahawks and the the rams defense played seattle's offense pretty well but goff was just like a man out of sorts uh that interception he threw going right to his right was i mean just awful Mm terrible and Uh, then he broke his thumb too and then he breaks his thumb so he he's gonna get replaced for sunday night matchup against arizona winner gets into the playoffs and it's like earl warford it's not earl warford but because that guy plays guard but it's some it's somebody that's never had a start before is going to be starting for the Rams and and potentially for the Cardinals cuz Kyler got banged up last weekend as well. Um another uh game with playoff implications. The Eagles go up 14 to 3 and look like they have the Cowboys handled 14 to 3 early and then get outscored like 30 points to nothing. Andy yeah, Dalton sure. put on a show against them. Uh pfft, that Eagles defense is horrendous. I was listening to Doug Peterson talk after the game. It's like he he sounds like he sounds like a Patriots player on their first contract where it's like you just stick to the talking point. So we're going to work on this and we're going to get better. And blah, 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 it is what it is. And I'm like, dude, you're you're the head coach of a four and eleven football team that just blew an eleven point lead with a season on the line and gave up 30 points unanswered and you're not going to have any emotion about it you're not going to say anything to try to spark anything it's like yeah get him out of town
1: holy cow they have Mm -hmm. one of the most expensive rosters too in the league if not the most
0: i haven't seen their cap sheet recently but they have a lot of
1: veterans i think overall i saw
2: i read something today that they're the highest (laughs) they have the highest salaries in
1: in the nfl like
2: a 60 million dollar cap hit so that wouldn't surprise me they got some Older guys on that line on um, on their line. I, I don't know if Jason Peters did did he play this?
0: No, he got hurt. Um, he got hurt early yeah. in the season, but he's only on the books for three million.
2: And then they have Fletcher Cox. They I mean they got some guys that that get paid there for sure. Um,
0: Lane Johnson, Darius Slay. That Alshon right. Jeffrey contract is just weighing on them. When you see him on the field, I'm like, dude, get off the field. You he probably he's like as slow as Brandon Spikes. He's probably a five flat forty.
1: Yeah, it looks like Eagles are number two overall for cap. Yeah, team yeah. APY, uh, whatever the fuck that. Means. Average per Carson year. Carson
2: Wentz's contract is like, and I hear Patriots fans like, hey, maybe we can go get Carson Wentz. Like, first of all, we have sixty-one million dollars in cap room. That's assuming you know we don't give J C tender JC Jackson like a first first-round pick kind of deal, or, or you know what I'm saying. You'd have to yeah. match it with a first-round pick. Um, you got to resign Andrews. Um, we have potentially like $83 million in cap space if we lose Cannon, Hightower. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. If we went to get Carson Wentz, forget about all of that, okay? And and by the way, he's fucking awful. <laughs> <Terrible>. <laughs> he's, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, just, just want to add that in. He's absolutely atrocious quarterback. Yeah. Um, 15 interceptions. Um, how many attempts? his 437 attempts 15 interceptions that's that's really
0: not good um his confidence is buried totally buried yeah it's going to take a big time reclamation job just to get his him mentally right uh but yeah that's that's the Eagles' situation right now the the washington football team right there they had to put dwayne haskins in the same week they removed his captain's uh, insignia and he gets cut right afterwards because he's horrendous <laughs> at football as well as horrendous being a teammate so it's just like <laughs> I mean g- mm-hmm. good for them deciding whatever it is 20 games enough was enough. 30 games into his career that you know what we, we've seen enough we, we don't want you in our building anymore and that sends a strong message to the rest of the team like we just cut our first rounder from last year at quarterback like anybody's on the chopping block mm-hmm. yeah so good and for they're them! On
1: the, they're fighting for the division too.
0: They're still in it. Yeah. They're at six and nine, seven and yeah. eight. One of those.
2: That that six, six and was, nine. It, and really, the whole NFC playoff picture is is unbelievable. Um, Chicago has a good chance of making it, I think, with eight wins. And then I think um, Dallas, the Giants, and the football team could all still make it with right. six it all comes or seven down to this wins.
1: Week. It all comes down yeah. this week. Yep. Someone's going to – the, the best-case scenario is a 7-win team, which is Washington. And if they lose, I believe it is to the Giants, right? Uh, Washington
2: Giants has – Oh, Philly. Philly.
1: If they season. lose to Philly this week, they're out, and that means the Giants or Cowboys get in at fucking And Cowboys 6 and play 10. the
2: Giants. Cowboys play the oh, Giants, yeah. man. So Huge a week chance. for the NFC East. I think the Giants win that game, and I think Philly beats Washington.
1: I don't know. Wa- I think. I
2: mean, I think Washington's football a mess too. In. I think football. Dude, hey, who do they? Co- I think they, they get in. I don't know. Philly. Look, you saw what Philly did. Andy Dalton. They got smoked. <laughs> I'm not saying they're good, but who is Washington's <laughs> quarterback? Alex I mean, Smith is going to start. I think they're hoping Alex Smith comes back. Yeah.
1: He's oh, projected to so, start. Because
2: I don't know who the hell was in there last week, and they cut Haskins. Like, what's going on over there?
1: Oh yeah. Uh, and then the last but not least of this past week was the New York football Giants, Jets, I'm sorry, New York football Jets beat Cleveland 23-16. And it looks like Sam Darnold's giving a big middle finger to the whole uh, Jets fan base going, oh, you want another quarterback? We'll suck on this.
2: He gets them two wins. <laughs> the Jaguars have clinched that number one pick. Unbelievable.
0: Yeah, it's over. And you're going to see the real Jaguars in week 17. They're going to dominate. Imagine yeah. that.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, I get right. to- Indianapolis, I don't, I don't see that.
0: The uh, that'd be funny though. Yeah, andy has got an outside shot at both the division and and just a playoff spot. But yeah, the Jets winning two straight after being uh, lauded as one of the worst teams in recent memory, and uh, now they're gonna play the Patriots, and the the Pats look as bad as you can look, effectively. And mm-hmm. I mean, I was watching the game and. In the fourth quarter, I go, we're
1: going to lose to the Jets. Yeah. It's going to happen. The same thing. Same thing. He texted us that. I think we were talking about that. I think the Jets beat us. I mean, it. the Patriots checked out. That second half of that game, they checked out. The Jets, for whatever fucking reason, have decided they have something to prove and for somehow look pretty damn good. And I was reading something the other – I think it was yesterday that – the Jets look like one of the most dangerous fucking teams in the NFL right now. It just turns momentum. Mm-hmm. Like playoff teams don't want to play them. Wouldn't want to play them. Uh, so, you know, and I don't, I don't know what they have to prove, but they're playing like they have something to prove. And the Patriots have nothing to prove. They've lost it all. They've lost all the air in their tires. They're barely getting by. I'd like to see them win. I don't think it really matters. And I think they don't think it matters. I mean, it's kind of just like they're defeated. The Patriots look like they were defeated and, I can't expect much
2: out of it. I've seen little to no life in the Patriots the last few weeks. I mean, it's been pretty bad, as bad as I've ever seen. You how know, long ago I does think. that Chargers game feel, uh, huh? Oh, my God. It was only what? how? How did we do that? That was nice only, what, three teams, weeks right? ago? God, it feels like a century ago. I felt like I was right back to the 49ers game uh, this week. You know, that's what it felt like to me. Just absolutely can't get a single thing going in our favor. I think the Jets are going to beat us and, you know, whatever, just improve our draft position. That's, that's all I'm looking for this week. Improve our draft situation. And I want to watch that NFC East who, who makes
0: the playoffs like this. (laughs) Look to the other (laughs) East division. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Pats eked one out against the Jets with some good fortune earlier this season. And now the Jets are playing the best they have. The Pats are playing arguably the worst they have this season uh, I think we're going to see – I mean, Dev McCourty got hurt in this game. We'll, we probably won't see him next week. I doubt they're going to activate Julian Edelman just for no. this game to no play boy. with with uh, the what's left of this roster. Stephon Gilmore will remain out. We'll see w- what the, the deal is with Uche's injury. I would mm-hmm. expect – I expect Stidham to start this game. I know Belichick hasn't committed to anything yet. I would expect him to play. I don't think we'll see Damian Harris for the same reason of why. And then it's I I'm going to approach this game. I'm going to really try to approach this game like spring training. Like you're just watching a preseason game. Like this is just to see reps. And you're you're not trying to get up on the scoreboard. You're just focused on who can win individual battles, prove different skill sets. And I, I again, I expect the Jets to win. I think the Jets are locked into the two spot, though, because the Bengals won.
1: Is that right? They are. They want to win. No, they, but, I'm, them, but I mean, them the, the Bengals are ahead of change,
0: them. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. The, the Bengals, it, does, it doesn't change anything whether they win or lose. They are locked, like you said, is it the three
2: spot they're locked in or two spots? Yeah, the Bengals can't be caught. They're, they're locked in at number two. Houston would be number three, and the Miami's got that draft pick. Um, so they can't be caught.
0: Cincinnati's got a draw as well. So meaning that, meaning that Cincinnati's locked in at the three
2: draft right, pick. Right. Exactly. Where the because Jets they're, have they're two. There are four wins. Yeah. There's nobody no, else no. 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 With... Cincinnati's locked in at the four. Houston is basically locked in at the three. Oh. Okay. Atlanta could could make a play because Cincinnati has a draw too. So they basically have four and a half wins.
1: Uh, okay, Dude, so yeah, basically right. no one else has less than four wins, and the Jets have two wins. So if they win, it makes no fucking difference. Yeah. Which and they're going to want to win. They're going to want to win. They're going to want to win. We have no – I mean, we're going to want to win too, but, like, you know, it's whatever at this point. They've they've cashed in their checks. They're done. It's the, Patriots are,
2: I think Patriots the, are the most important question, and, and really, like, this comes down to, to really is Bill Belichick – capable of doing a total rebuild will he be will he want to be around for a total rebuild or are we just gonna get go out and get more old guys and like try to make a push at this thing and just band-aid this because i i think it's just a it's this is a total redo when i look at this team play uh that's a
0: good question that's a question for after next week's game
2: yeah yeah Yeah.
0: uh (laughs) but (laughs) teaser uh yeah yeah, so we'll we'll see what they put out there. I expect, like I said, I expect Stidham to play. I expect a lot of young guys, a lot of backups. I don't expect to see people playing hurt going into this game. I don't I don't think that's a good vibe. And you know, I'm really sad. This probably means Julian Edelman has played his last game as a Patriot. Yeah. And it yeah, was I'm nice bummer. It was nice that he had that, that great game early in the season against Seattle. Where it, he proved that he still had it at least at the start of this year before he ended up going under the knife for that knee procedure. But yeah. that being said, yeah, nobody wants to give a score for this game.
1: We just—I'd love yeah. to see what the odds-on favorite
2: is for Edelman going to Tampa. Oh, it's got. Oh God, of, man, I, I, I hope he retires, man. I don't want to see him play for anyone else. Just the way he us he over the years—the to th- the toughness, the the squirly. Oh, what a tough kid, man. I always loved Julian Edelman, so I'll be bummed. I think he's going straight to Tampa.
1: I think he would pay them to let him play there. Literally. He's taking a one-way ticket to fucking Tampa, and walking up to the stadium and begging to let them in. <laughs> right? Like, I'll come play for the playoffs for you, too. <laughs> oh, he loves Tom. He loves Tom. You, I can see it. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, besides that, not a lot of great games this weekend outside of, you know, there's a couple playoff contention games, Green Bay, I don't know. Are they still gonna play? Do they need to play? They, if they win, they get they lock up the first seed,
0: which is so they want to.
1: They want to win. They yeah. want to lock that up, right? Uh, in Chicago, they want to beat Chicago. If they beat Chicago, Chicago's probably out, right?
0: I think so. Yeah.
1: And then, yeah,
0: uh, yeah. There's not. Can you that believe
1: many... it? Week seven. I'm sorry. Week seventeen. We got to NFL. Got to week seventeen on schedule. Mm-hmm. On schedule. They they <laughs> know,
2: pushed
1: through. Teams barely being able to to field a, a full 53-man roster on the team. Uh, coaches not having coaching staffs. They were just like, fuck it. We're, we're driving the bus. And they, they they made it somehow. I mean, Cleveland barely had a team last week and lost to the Jets, which could cost them a playoff contention. Pretty hilarious. But, you know, it's the Browns, so everyone fucking expects that. You know, that's kind of what happens to them.
0: Denver All played a game with
1: a,
2: with a wide receiver playing quarterback. It's like yep, eh, no quarterback. Whatever. All along I've been most worried about the the Super Bowl though. That's the test, right? When everybody gets together and there's a big thing. I don't know if it's going to be Where where is the Super Bowl this year? Do you guys know? It's in Tampa. I
1: am, uh, Tampa, yeah, Tampa.
2: Tampa. I mean, yeah. Florida's got really lax COVID standards. I don't know, we'll see. Especially Tampa, Florida.
0: I can tell you I, exactly I... the NFL's stance on this. It's the Super Bowl party opens on Friday. We play the game on Sunday. Everybody test positive on Monday. Not our problem. We got our game in. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how the NFL approaches things.
1: Yeah, literally, it's not our fucking problem. If yeah. they
0: test positive later, great. We don't care if we start a spread in every state in the country because people travel all over to go to the Super Bowl. It's
2: probably but how crazy is it, it. going to be with? Are there, there's going to be no fans in the stadium, right? Or at least limited, for Super uh, Bowl? It's so wild, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Think they can should you imagine them, the Super Bowl with no fans. It'd be so weird. They should give them all astronaut helmets. Send them out there with breathing packs. You
1: can only yeah. get in if you've been vaccinated. Go 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 get all the people that have been vaccinated, round them up and bring them in. Be like, "Here you go, guys. Go
2: nuts." The halftime show with no fans. (laughs) Some stupid you know, I I can't wait to see that, man. Just just no one applauding. Here's a
1: here's a question for you, speaking of COVID. Did you see the fucking buff during the Buffalo game, they cut to Josh Allen walking out of the stadium and there being a giant crowd of people there cheering him on. Did you see that? In New England? No. I think it was in Buffalo from him coming back from some game a previous week or something. And they're like there's no fans in the stands there's no fans anywhere but they allow like 500 people to gather outside their buses like who the f- yeah it's what do what so you fuck that's still your fucking property like what are you guys doing how is that legal but you can't let
2: 200 people in the fucking stadium to watch a game oh um, before we move on or whatever did you guys see cam's schedule cam Newton's schedule yeah. like every day he goes to bed at like 11 and wakes Except- up at four. Yeah, it's so stupid. Like, like, that's not good. Why would you tell anyone that, man? Like, not if you're a pro athlete. You should be getting more than five hours of sleep.
0: Oh, no. I, mean, I, d- I didn't see the bedtime part of it. I just saw he wakes up and then he's in the car like four minutes later, and then he doesn't drink yeah. coffee until like eleven a.m. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Well, but...
1: apparently, yeah. Apparently, he goes to bed at eleven. And my comment to that is, hey, maybe if you got some more fucking sleep, you'd be able to throw the damn ball.
2: Yeah, I think he you sent, sent me tried uh, that. You sent me me something. Yeah, uh, something like that. 4.20 a.m. alarm goes off. 4.30, dresses like a fucking weirdo. (laughs) 8 a.m., first overthrown wide receiver. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh,
1: man.
0: So good. I bet he's getting up at 4.20. I
1: I do, you know, with all this happening, I do feel a little bad for Cam because no one expected it to be this bad. I don't think he expected it to be this bad. Uh, He got put on a team with As we've said numerous times, not a lot of offensive talent, to say the least. So he wasn't put in a situation where he could really succeed. And I I don't know if he's going to get another shot. I mean, he might. I hope he does somewhere.
2: I hope it's not here. But this could be it for Cam Newton, you know? Yeah. I don't think he's shown enough to, to really warrant another chance. I mean, there wasn't a lot of promise all season, so... Yeah. You know, I hear a lot of people saying run it back. I mean, if you want to if you want to suck next year, I do not want I don't want to you deal know. with this shit again. I can't do it. Who is saying run it I, back? I'm just saying it's it's going to be it's just for me, it's not so much about the wins and losses, well, obviously it is, but it's just so painful to watch. You know, it it's not a good product to watch with Cam on the field. So, I don't know. Yeah. And then
0: with with all the stories that come out of New England about how hard he works and he's he's the first there last to leave you can't even make the case that if he works harder it'll get better you can't right. you can't right. even make that right. case exactly. yeah. Yeah. you're like this is the best it could possibly be and it's hideous so let's let's it. move on all those people that are saying yeah. run it back just stop watching like what yeah i, I don't know what, what type of self-torture they're into <laughs> yeah yeah i don't i don't get it i, I had don't get it i had one more thought yeah. It's just the last thing on my list here and I know we're we're wrapping up but uh I was I don't know why but I was watching Red Zone and then I was pulled to the Chicago game for a little bit. Allen Robinson is DeAndre Hopkins with poor quarterback play. I mean those guys are like oh, yeah. the exact same player.
2: Yeah. He, he yeah.
0: converts I mean, everything. He's always open on these like real like 5 yards, 8 yards. He's always open. He wins contested balls. They got almost the exact same measurables and he's got great hands he's got powerful hands deandre hopkins has better hands like almost nobody has better hands than deandre hopkins but like they're the same player he's just yep. never played with a quarterback he put up like 16 touchdowns with blake bortles he's playing yep. fantastic right now with whatever medley of shit quarterback the chicago bears are putting out on the field Allen robinson is man.
1: fantastic
0: He's a great yeah, player. Crazy yeah, all the players is.
1: that came out of Jacksonville, and they never did anything. Yeah. They season. He'd be great a, to get. It's a no matter wow. of who's going to throw him the
2: ball, right? you got to match him three. with the right quarterback. Number three, PFF has him as the number three wide receiver in football, ahead of Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams are the only people ahead of him. That's crazy. Justin
0: Jefferson. Devontae yeah. Adams is, is number one this season. I think yeah. that's that's a lock. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm.
2: Tyree Kill should be higher than 17 in here, though. He, should probably he gets
0: beat. no respect because he's short. I think Travis Kelsey would be number two on that list. Probably. Oh, as tight end? Uh, as as a receiver. He's there. over 1,400 yards.
1: Yeah, he's killing
2: it. Oh, he's got a 93.5. Let me see about wide receivers. Oh, yeah, he'd be number one. He'd be ahead of Devontae Adams. Yeah. 92.3. He's,
0: he's remarkable. He's just always open. Yeah. He makes... He makes cuts that running backs would be proud to make. And he's 6'5", 255.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's killing
0: it. Uh, with great hands and incredible feel against zone coverage. All right, I'll go on and on about this shit, but we'll we'll get to more of that at a later date. Thank you all for listening. Please enjoy the last week of NFL regular season and the last game we're going to see from the New England Patriots until September of next season. Absolutely. So that'll yep, do it for
2: 2021.
1: us. All right, thank you all. We'll talk to you next week. See you. Later.